0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. And good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the State of California, along with Patty Rising and Jeff Bell. We are just three weeks away from California's next special election, this one taking place in San Francisco. Yeah, it's a nationally watched campaign, not because voters are choosing a new member of the state assembly, but because they may also recall three members of the school board. Yes, voting by mail already underway in the February 15th special election to replace David Chu in the state assembly. Carmen Chu as assessor recorder. And decide the fate of three members of San Francisco's elected school board. It's another round of political musical chairs in San Francisco. It all began when Harlan Kelly, the head of the city's Public Utilities Commission, had to resign because of a corruption investigation. So Mayor London Breed named city attorney Dennis Herrera to take Kelly's place. Then she picked David Chu as the new city attorney. So Chu gave up his seat in the assembly, and that opened up a spot there. Four people are running for that. Harlan Kelly's wife, Naomi, stepped down as city administrator. Breed appointed Carmen Chu to that job and Joaquin Torres to replace her as county assessor-recorder. So Torres is on the ballot, too, essentially to ratify his appointment. And if you've got that all sorted out, there's also the school board recall, three members of the Board of Education on the ballot. And if they lose, they are out. Patty and Jeff and Mayor Breed will get to choose who replaces them. Okay, I think we need a flow chart of all of that on Twitter. Um, So let me ask you this, Doug. The the school board recall campaign, three of the members are on the ballot. The others are not. Uh, Why is that the case, and how did all this come to be? Well, there's a lot of uh, parent dissatisfaction with the school board, starting, of course, with the pandemic and the way they kept the schools closed when others were reopening. There's been a lot of grumbling among really unhappy parents in San Francisco, which has been far behind a lot of other districts in the Bay Area in terms of testing and masking. and keeping kids in person um, so there was that grumbling dissatisfaction and in the middle of all that they then had that controversial vote to rename 44 schools you know taking off the names Abraham Lincoln and Diane Feinstein and others and that was kind of the last straw for a lot of people so they mounted this recall campaign uh, and one of the the um, board members Allison Collins further inflamed passions with with it when it was discovered she'd sent out some tweets angering the Asian American community so that was enough for a lot of people they started this petition drive they got way more than they needed they needed about 50,000 signatures, they got 80,000, but under the law you can't be recalled if you haven't served at least a year in office uh, that you know seems reasonable gives somebody a chance so only 3 of the 7 have been on the board more than a year so the other 4 uh, lucky for them were were immune they couldn't be recalled so they're not part of this but 3 of the 7 are they got this uh, recall on the ballot and on february 15th uh, there's a good chance these 3 will be removed they're they're actually up for re-election in november anyway so a lot of people had said well you know why don't we just wait till november and not spend all this money but uh, the recall has succeeded in getting on the ballot. It goes before the voters now. Doug, is it safe to say that that recall is what's going to be driving a turnout in this special election? It's going to get people to fill out their ballots and pop them in the mail? I think so, because people are passionate about it, and it's getting a lot of attention. You know, a special assembly race gets a tiny turnout a lot of the time. In this case, you also have an assessor-recorder election, but that's even less in in people's consciousness than than the assembly. Now, this is a pretty hotly contested assembly race, and San Francisco is a very political town, but no question that the fact that this school board recall is there, and there's money being spent on both sides, and a lot of passion on both sides, that is what's going to drive turnout. So we should see a higher turnout than you'd normally see for, you know, what could be a special election in february looking at all the moves that you talked about there doug mayor london breed had a chance to exercise a lot of her appointment power in those choices um where does she stand on the recall she has come out in favor of recalling these three school board members. Um, you know, She had expressed her dissatisfaction with their all the attention and time they spent on renaming schools. Uh, it's been no secret she's not been happy with them. Uh, and she has now s- said she's going to vote to recall these three, which is, you know, that carries a lot of sway. And of course, if they are recalled, she gets more appointments. And she's already appointed a new city attorney, a new uh, chief administrator, a new head of the PUC, uh, and an assessor-recorder. That's a lot in just a very short time. And she would get to put but three more people on the school board, which obviously they would be somewhat beholden to her. They could be somewhat independent, too. But uh, certainly when you appoint someone, they tend to be someone in your corner. So that would give her some clout on the school board, where the mayor doesn't really have a lot of clout. So, yeah, this has been uh, a period of, of power for, for London Breed, and it looks like it's going to stay that way if the recall succeeds. I have another political question for you involving San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi announcing today she is going to run again. Uh, your thoughts? yeah not a surprise she had signaled that for a couple of months um we knew we knew it was coming she had telegraphed it so it wasn't it would have been been huge news if today she said she wasn't running um so she made it official with her announcement she's running for re-election but we did know it was coming you know she's been raising money she had said as much that she would that she would run so we knew this was going to happen the bigger question i think is what happens after next november does she step down as speaker or does she stay on for the full two years after that if she can get re-elected speaker which she probably can uh she may win her seat and then step aside as speaker she could win her seat and then even resign from congress at some point during the following two years and not serve that full term so at one point she had said this would be her last go uh now she has said you know she's running for at least one more two-year term we'll we'll see if she finishes it and if she stays speaker um you know one way you always know when someone's going to run is to look at the their fundraising because um, if somebody's not going to run or they're going to retire, you can check their fundraising reports and suddenly they stop raising money. Uh, it's the least fun part of being a public official. So as soon as they know they don't need to do it anymore, they stop. Well, she has not let up at all. She's been raising just as much as ever. So it was quite clear that Nancy Pelosi was going to seek uh, what would this be an 18th full term plus uh, the first year she served after her original special election. So um, for now, at least, she will continue to represent San Francisco in the House. Doug, is there a clear error, point, error appointment for this uh, particular seat? And, and will that individual have to wait in the wings that much longer now? heir apparent for Nancy Pelosi's seat. You know, there really isn't. Correct. I mean, people have been talking about this for a couple of years. Certainly there's no shortage of people sort of jockeying for position and positioning themselves to get ready to run someday when, she's, when she decides not to. Um, there's a whole bunch of people. I mean, there's Scott Weiner. There's, you know, David Chu who's now going over to a different job. Um, there's Phil Ting. There's uh, Jane Kim. There, there's a number of um, assembly people, state senators, supervisors, uh, who would be obvious... Uh, challengers for that job. The question will be, um, is it a free-for-all, and you've got five or six or eight people going at it, or will Pelosi sort of anoint someone the way she was anointed when Sal Burton uh, made it clear that Pelosi should be the one to succeed her. She did have a, a, a fight. She had to win a primary, but it was clear she was sort of the anointed successor. She has not done that. We'll see if she does when the time comes, uh, but for now, there's a qu- quite Uh, a long list of people from the next generation, you know, waiting for their chance to run for that seat, uh, probably now, not till 2024. Thanks, Doug. We'll talk again tomorrow. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available at kcbsradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS.